0: to episode 4 of season 2 of the Skyscanner Code Voyagers podcast, where we talk about how we make the software that drives Skyscanner.com. Okay, so this week on the Code Voyagers podcast, we have a special guest uh, joining us today. Um, we've got Ian McGuinness, who's joining us from Google. Hi there. Um, So, Ian, you came in today and gave a really good talk uh, about Open YOLO, so can you tell people a bit of your background and what you were speaking about today?
1: Sure, yeah. So, uh, as you said, my name's Ian McGuinness, I work for Google, I've been there for about four years. I work on the Google Identity Platform team. So uh, we are focused on everything to do with third-party authentication, so whether that's through Google sign-in or also with this password side of things, which is what we're mostly going to be talking about today. So. We released an API called SmartLot for Passwords on Android about two years ago. Uh, That was my project, or my team's project. Uh, And what we've been looking at now is how we open that up to allow other credential managers to provide similar functionality and also how we provide it on more platforms. So how do we deal with web? How do we deal with iOS? So
0: So you're here today in our Edinburgh office, but you've flown in from uh, California, haven't you? Yeah. Not just for us, I should say. (laughs) We're not that special. But...
1: Yeah, so I, I work in the, the Mountain View office, the headquarters over in California, but uh, being a, a Glasgow born and bred boy, I, I come back frequently to visit the family and stuff, and I like talking to developers while I'm out here as well.
0: And as we were saying, get your fair allocation of rain and just general greyness while you're over here Of as course,
1: well. yeah, it's so beautiful and sunny in California, I have to come back just to be reminded of what clouds look like. It, it's
0: dangerous to overdose on too much vitamin D. That's, it's bad for you, surely. <laughs> um Um, So before we start this, we were talking a little bit about, so passwords and uh, identities, uh, what you're looking at, and we were thinking about why is this a problem? So some bad examples of passwords in the past, Um, I I was talking earlier about uh, the Super Nintendo has just come out, you know, the Super Nintendo Mini, and something that happened in the office here was uh, Argos got stock, everyone desperately ran to log in to buy it, and no one could remember their username and password. And by the time they did, it had all sold out. Um, so is that the kind of problem you're looking to solve, kind of people not knowing how to log into things?
1: Yeah, so uh, login pages or requirements to log in to purchase is one of the highest friction steps in any web service or Android app. So that that's one of the things that we've been trying to tackle, both with uh, Google sign-in, so using the account that's on the device, but then also with uh, password management. So we we can take on the job of remembering your credentials so that next time you come back, you don't even have to remember whether you created an Argos account before, uh, it will just pop up for you either through form fill or through this uh, programmatic API that we've produced for Android and web.
0: So I guess on that, um, thinking about people that have tried to solve this in the past, we've had things like OAuth and um, other kind of like federated identity things. Why is this different? What What's the different angle that you, you guys are coming up? Or is it complementary to that?
1: It's, uh, it's complementary, but what we're trying to do is provide a migration path for the industry generally, so passwords are still pervasively uh, used. Um, there are many known problems with them, like the average user in uh, the US and Europe has about 100 accounts. Trying to maintain 100 uh, secure passwords in your head is very difficult. Um, So, Google sign-in and other uh, OAuth2, OpenID Connect systems were meant to be you have one account, Mm -hmm. and that one account can be secured by people who are very interested in keeping that secure with second-factor authentication and encouraging you to use better passwords, but for every other service, it's just a click away to to sign in. Uh, The issue with that is that users don't always necessarily understand what this is or what the benefits are. They know what passwords are. They're fairly simple to understand, so they... They continue to use those, but the passwords that they use because they have to remember them are very low quality. So mm. stripes across the keyboards, names of sports, names of spouses, uh, things which are very easy to uh, discover. And then because they reuse them everywhere, if one service gets compromised, all your accounts are compromised. So th- th- this is where uh, OAuth is significantly better from a security standpoint, um, but it's harder for users to understand how it works and mm. also harder for developers to implement. So. It's providing that way to get from passwords to OAuth is what we're most interested in.
0: Yeah I'm sure anyone that's tried to implement OAuth has looked at the uh, the sequence diagram and just kind of cried a little.
1: Yeah and you're like what do all these terms mean like resource server, authorization server, relying party, stuff like that. It took me a while to get my head into that space as well when I started working on this.
0: Is something you mentioned earlier when you were giving the talk um, was also people's level of trust with the OAuth providers. So yeah. um, Facebook ask for some permissions, Um, I think you mentioned that they're not quite so bad as they used to be.
1: Yeah, the industry has reformed itself a little bit now, it used to be that we made it far too easy for services to ask for like way more personal information than they actually needed and Mm. people liked this because it was good for selling ads and for marketing. Um, Both Google and Facebook have now sort of stepped back from that so Google sign in now we strongly encourage people to use it just for authentication, just to get the user's name and email address Mm -hmm. pretty much. And Facebook introduced their optional uh, permissions thing where the developer can ask for whatever they want, but you can uncheck all the Mm -hmm. stuff that you don't want to give them. So uh, yeah, everyone's been making steps in that direction, back towards better privacy the user understanding of that has not caught up yet. So when everyone sees a Facebook sign in button or a sign in the Google Plus button, mm. what they think is they're going to take all of my personal information and then they don't use it as a result.
0: Yeah, or worse, you've signed into something and you're going to start seeing stuff on your Google Plus wall or your Facebook wall and it's kind of like, yeah. I don't want people to know I've signed up for certain sites. Yeah, um, that
1: era where like Candy Crush would post on your behalf on Facebook, that is thankfully long long gone now.
0: Mm, totally. <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's a weird world um, I mean you talk about weak passwords as well I think in my brain I've certainly got like three levels of password I've got my kind of oh, my password I don't care if that leaks that's my info only password and then my proper secure one that might have bank details behind it um, but yeah h- 100 passwords is probably a low count I would thought for some people these days
1: yeah if you're a heavy user of internet services then yeah easily in the multiple of hundreds mm. um, and I've
0: got the with each site as well comes different password um, levels and requirements, you know, like uh, special character, capitalization, a number, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm waiting for a, pa- a site to require an emoji. I mean, surely that's, <laughs> that's going to be inevitable at some point. It's like, yeah, my password is... Yeah, I can't even really think of any emojis. I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, um, it's, it's,
1: it's interesting because uh, when, when I was serving the, the kinds of restrictions that people put on passwords for uh, signing in or creating accounts... Uh, most of them will rely purely on the, like, Roman alphabet. Like, mm. they, they, just whatever you can type into a standard QWERTY keyboard. Mm. Uh, and that's even in countries where they don't use the Roman alphabet, they'll still fall back to that, which I thought was very strange. I was expecting in uh, China and Japan that, like, kanji-based mm. passwords would be more common, but apparently not, because they're just such a nightmare to type in, and emojis would fall into the same category.
0: It's an a point, because I guess, yeah, as more and more people sign on on mobile clients, even finding the, the special characters on a mobile um, keyboard can be really difficult. Like, yeah. where is hash, where is quote, and all those kind of things. It's a good point. So I think mobile's been one of the areas you've been focusing on uh, initially, hasn't it? With
1: yeah, Yolo. so uh, Google generally are very focused on, on mobile because of the, the huge explosion and the number of mobile devices, and most people's interaction with services has moved to, to mobile from uh, desktop. So it's uh, definitely something we're very keen on solving problems in that space and any sort kind of manual text entry is a huge barrier to adoption in, in mobile devices
0: actually I just realized there I mentioned the name of it which is open Yolo yep and you should probably justify that name <laughs> at some point <laughs> sure yes
1: it does sound very weird so uh, the Yolo part is not uh, you only live once as you you only log in once has uh, a pun and that was the um, the internal code name for smart for passwords when we were initially developing it. Uh, and then we tacked open onto that because we were working with other password managers and the OpenID Foundation to create this open standards version of the the same authentication flows and, and so on. So uh, a lot of people, especially marketing people, roll their eyes and slap their foreheads when you tell them that that's the name of it. But this is a developer product, at least. This is not a user-facing product, so.
0: Yeah, I think any product that's got a terrible pun, you're like, yep, a developer made that. Yeah. That's that's where that's come from. (laughs) So I don't know if that increases trust. You know, it's like, if it's an awful pun, this isn't a marketing exercise. Yeah. It's, it's it's a nerd's been involved somewhere on this.
1: Yeah, I also don't think you, you can't name security products with a very pretentious security-focused name because uh, something will inevitably go wrong with it, and you can't be saying this is the super secure API. That's, that's yeah. not a good idea,
0: or even more, super secure API <laughs> two. <So laughs> yeah, what happened to the first one? <laughs> oh, it was less secure. Um, yeah. Um, so you mentioned a little bit there about working with. Um, Password, um, credential providers, so I guess that's a big part of what Open YOLO does, isn't it?
1: Yes, so um, that was one of the, the big complaints we had from developers with smaller for Passwords as it was Google only. They, they would essentially be endorsing Google for storing credentials, which they weren't necessarily comfortable with, and they were asking for a user to have the ability to choose where credentials were stored, so uh, that, that became a, a sort of focus of my attention over the last two years. Um initially partnering with uh, Dashlane, they're based in Paris, uh, one of the, the main credential manager apps on Android. Um, so together with Dashlane, we worked on, uh, sketched out the initial protocol and so on. Uh, we then uh, contacted other password managers to get them involved. So uh, AgileBits, who create one password, got involved. Uh, Keeper Security, who are based out in California. Um, LastPass as well, and some smaller players like uh, RoboFarm, uh, stuff like that as well, they, they are all became very interested in this because they, they recognize that the biggest problem that they have is the usability of a credential manager. If you have to switch context out of the app that you're using to the credential manager to copy-paste the password back into the mm. other app, that means that people don't want to use credential managers and they just go back to typing in 12345 as their password. So.
0: So I guess the interesting thing with with Open YOLO in terms of Android apps is a lot of people listening to this have maybe already used it and maybe not been aware, I guess, because it's it's live and out in, I forgot how many apps you said as part of your talk.
1: Uh, There's over 2,000, yeah. Um, It's been available for two years. Uh, We did a lot of direct outreach to major partners in the early days and now it's quite organic, like people, Mm -hmm. developers are finding this API, finding the utility of it and using it themselves. So we don't necessarily need to chase people to, to use this anymore. Uh, but yes, for users, if you, if you use Netflix, you've probably encountered this. You get automatic sign-in on Netflix through Smartlet for Passwords. Uh, if you use uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn also uses for uh, sign-in and sign-up. Um,
0: so the user flow, for I guess for people that don't know, um, you, you open up your app, um, you get a login screen, and the um, API that you guys have built then queries your credential store
1: yeah so the developer makes a call to retrieve an existing credential uh, we recommend that they do this before they even show the login form because if it succeeds all we do is show a little uh, pop-up at the bottom of the screen saying your current details google smart lock and then you're straight into the app so you don't even need to see the login uh, screen if you don't have an account then we recommend that developers show the uh, login or sign up form but then also call this uh, hint api to get uh, information for a new account and it appears as on Android as a dialogue. So it says, continue with. Uh, it shows your Google accounts, and it also shows any other email addresses or credentials you've used for other apps. So for instance, in the States, it would be quite common for people to have a Comcast email address, or mm-hmm. here, like Virgin Media. You may use that quite a lot for signing into things if that's your primary email address. Mm-hmm. So that's listed there too. Every email address we've ever seen you use within Chrome appears there.
0: And one of the, the, the demos that you showed, one of the things I liked was that whichever credential store you prefer, whether it's LastPass or uh, Dashlane, um, it's their UI that kind of gets presented. Yeah. So I guess you get that extra level of trust of, how have you got my password? Oh, it's via my trusted credential store.
1: Yeah. And even just for the the security of this protocol, we, we didn't want to put Google in the center of this process. like you could ask the question why would Dashlane trust Google as an mm-hmm. intermediary for this credential and the answer is they shouldn't. So it's important that when you're retrieving the credential you're directly interacting with the, your credential manager mm-hmm. rather than something from the system, from Google.
0: So unlike a, an OAuth model, it's, it's not tokens that are getting passed back, it's the actual username and passwords that are being passed yep. back to the so to the client app.
1: It's the plain text password that get sent back to the app that can be contentious like people wonder why are you doing that it makes it easy for the credential to be stolen but if you add any additional barriers to that so if you encrypted the password or anything like that that requires more work from the developer Mm. and at that point if we're asking them to do more work we might as well ask them to do federation so it's uh, trying to find this uh, beachhead to get developers to use this API with the simplest thing that we can give them that will work and then over time we will uh, provide the migration path to a more secure form of authentication. It was
0: funny, in the, in, when you were doing the presentation this morning, um, a lot of people were very interested in, what's stopping me asking for another site's credentials? And you, you, you touched on the, the levels that the API goes into to verify you are who you say you are, to be able to fetch those Credentials yeah,
1: aren't. so the, there's no way to pretend to be another app, uh, you don't even, uh, when you request a credential, you don't even specify who you are and the request that is inferred through the infrastructure for the call itself. So when the provider receives this request, they can see from the process ID mm-hmm. of the requester that this is the LinkedIn app with the particular signing key as well. So you will also know whether it is the official LinkedIn app or something that's been sideloaded and modified.
0: And a few people asked, "Could you even figure out what other credentials you have?" I think there were some people uh, quoting some uh, examples of newspapers trying to do uh, nefarious, figuring out what accounts you have in other places. But you've made it that that cannot happen. It's you only get the stuff the, you're entitled to.
1: Yeah, uh, it is the responsibility of the provider to do that correctly. But all the people in this uh, this game, like that, the, their business depends on getting this right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the, the protocol doesn't give you any way to request anything from another app, and the only responses that provider should be giving is what pertains to your app. So there's no way to query something else.
0: I mean, the nice thing about this, I mean, is that obviously it's encouraging people to use crazy passwords that they are never going to remember, but increase their security by using these credential managers.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want to get to the point where users are not even aware that it was a password that was used mm. to authenticate, because that's how you get them off of passwords. Like, once this just becomes, oh, I tap on this box from a thing that I recognize and trust... Yeah. Uh, Things have been generated me. somewhere, and I, yeah, yeah. So it'll go from a fourteen-character password from a random ASCII character set to one day a token that only lasts for thirty seconds. Mm. So it's
0: it's an interesting thing. Something we were talking about before we started recording was, um, the the central attack uh, in the past might have been. Um, I'm now thinking of the film War Games, where uh, the, the the receptionist had the passwords written down in a notepad in a drawer. Um, I'm aging myself massively by using (laughs) war games as a cultural reference. Um, But then we moved into people using passwords that could remember their head and getting better at more complex things. Now we're using credential managers. Are the credential managers now the the attack vector that people might try and and go for?
1: Definitely, yeah. So um, with the success of OAuth and federated authentication, uh, we're already seeing people trying to exploit uh, weaknesses and implementations of OAuth so it's the usual thing the protocol itself is secure but there are always implementation flaws that you can try and poke at to get uh, tokens and so on um, so and that will definitely start to happen with credential managers as they become more pervasive hopefully through the use of API's like this um, the one solace and uh, that thought is that, uh the people who create credential managers are very invested in making sure that they're secure like that's their entire reason for existence Mm -hmm. and that the credential stores generally are held locally so they're held on the device so compromising your security will often require a physical compromise Mm -hmm. as well Um, that really raises the bar for a lot of attacks like a lot of password-based attacks are uh, offline like they will steal the credential database from some poorly secured site, they'll run offline attacks to discover the passwords on those and then they can, at their leisure, try every other service with that username and password and see how many hits they get. Um, Once you move to uh, um, non-reused, unique passwords and strong passwords, that whole attack vector disappears and you're now forced to try and compromise their credential manager, which is a significantly uh, harder task, I think.
0: And as you say, the the people who provide these credential managers—that is their entire business. They'd be out of business if they.
1: Yeah, the first compromise of one of those credential managers, and they don't have a product anymore. Def- the trust evaporates quickly.
0: It's funny. I, I was, as we we're talking about that, I was thinking about uh, my own stupid security mistakes uh, a very long time ago. Um, I turned on two factor on Twitter, so you know you get the 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 text message with, with your code. Two in the morning, I suddenly started getting like a dozen text messages. Somebody was for some reason trying to log into my account and in my sleepy brain I almost took a screen grab and posted it saying oh somebody's trying to attack my account and it's like (laughs) no if I post that that that's no and i yeah so even people who should know better are very stupid when it comes to Mm -hmm. credential management I'm holding myself up as a prime example (laughs)
1: Uh, and I actually think this is something that the credential managers will evolve into as well will be providing unfishable second factors so Uh, one-time password code based second factors Mm. are still fishable like you may have received that code and then entered it into a fake version of Twitter uh, because it also contained a a link and you weren't paying attention yeah these attacks are happening much more frequently now and Google were promoting unfishable second factors so things like uh, hardware security keys that use uh, cryptographic signing for the second factor uh, or you can also implement the same thing in software. So mm. that this is what the, the FIDO Alliance are, are defining as all these APIs for unfishable second factors.
0: Cool. Um, so we talked quite a bit there about the, the app and kind of like where Open um, OpenYolo is now. Uh, what's kind of like the next stuff in its, its evolution? Is it moving out of the app space or?
1: Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> the Android side of things, I think now is mostly a solved problem. It's an adoption problem now to get people to use the API. The other big frontier is is the web, which um, Google have also been promoting uh, progressive web apps and mobile oriented websites as well as a way to deal with the app installation problem you don't always want to install an app for a service that you use once a year to buy Valentine's Day flowers for your wife. (laughs) Uh, So using a mobile website makes more sense and therefore having a way to do credential management for the web in the same sort of open way is definitely something that uh, we're looking into. And uh, uh, as of the last few weeks, we now have a version of uh, SmartWork for the web. It's an uh, early access program right now. So we're encouraging developers to. Uh, sign up for that. Try the API. Give us feedback. It, right now, it provides uh, Google sign-in accounts through a single tap with an ID token, which is particularly useful for uh, sign up on sites. So, uh, a huge problem that uh, retail and travel sites like Skyscanner have is as soon as you present some kind of login form, these are just closes a the window. They're, they're not interested enough. But if you turn it into click on this thing, which shows your identity. They'll usually do it, um, and then you have an established relationship with this user. You can mm. cross sell, you can upsell. It's it's a, a big deal for travel and uh, retail sites.
0: Yeah, I think especially with, with travel, um, if you're in a foreign country and you're you know like planning your trip back, you want it to be as friction free as possible. Um, you might not be at your desktop; you might be using mobile web. So yeah, anything, or you might be in a an airport queue, which is you know stressful environment, <laughs> and you just want to to sign yeah, in quickly. Yeah, my
1: recent experience of EasyJet. Yeah, trying, well, to, trying to get my boarding passes out of the EasyJet app, so.
0: Yeah, there's nothing worse than running through an airport with your phone in one hand, desperately trying to scroll to something. while well, yeah. Um, cool. So you mentioned the, the early access program. Um, people's Google Open YOLO, or is there a, a good resource uh, for that?
1: So there's, there's nothing you would be able to search for right now. Uh, right now, I guess, uh, contact myself. So, uh, we'll, I guess we'll put my email address. Yeah, the, we'll the link add it in the show,
0: the show notes. Yep,
1: yeah, so contact me. I can get you on the whitelist. I can send you the documentation to, to look at the API. Uh, I expect that this will become uh, public and not behind a whitelist within the next few months. So, by the time you're listening to this, it may already be available. Cool.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't edit that quickly. Um, <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I think the, the code that you showed us as part of the uh, presentation as well sh- was really uh, short. I mean, like to integrate this stuff seems to be pretty painless.
1: Yeah, it's a single method call. So you're just saying, uh, give me an existing credential, which is either an email credential or Google sign in. Mm-hmm. And you, for Google ID tokens, you provide your client ID. And yeah, so that's it. it's like a three, four lines of code, depending on how you, you format it. That gives you a promise. You handle the promise resolution to see if it gave you a credential or not. If you've got it, great. Just send the ID token to your back end and you're signed in. Awesome. Um, That's all sounds like good stuff.
0: Um, Okay, uh, thanks for that, Ian. That was all really interesting stuff. Um, So like I say, we'll post some uh, info in the show notes on this if people want to find out more. Um, And yeah, cheers for that. Um, if you like this podcast, please uh, leave feedback. It's at Code Voyagers on Twitter. Um, we're also hiring. Um we have offices all around the world, so check uh, skyscanner.com jobs. And if there's anything that you like to look of, email us at code at skyscanner.net. I say with complete confidence. Um and yeah, and we'll pass that on to the, the appropriate hiring teams. Um so yeah, thanks for that. Cheers. Bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.